stand up with us. We are looking for God to do great things today, so sing out with us as we sing. Sing with me right here. Come let us worship our King. Come let us bow out he has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how 
now his love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great things. Oh, he welcome you to Harmony. I want to thank you for being with us in person or online today. Uh, you, you are uh, just a blessing uh, to look out and to be able to see and to interact with online. So we want to say thank you for gathering with us. I've got a couple of quick important announcements that I want to want to share. And uh, one of them is Jim Ridenauer caught me just uh, before I was walking down here. And he said, would you please tell people I am cancer free? Uh, and uh, hey, we're, we're going to celebrate that. Uh, that is an awesome thing. And uh, God is good. And he said, Please make sure and tell them because when people don't know what's going on, 
it just makes for awkward conversation. He's like, you know, I feel like maybe a few are avoiding me because they don't know what to say or how to say it, so please talk to Jim today, all right? It is therapeutic for him uh, to come to church and people to, to, to interact and, and talk with. So uh, we're, we're thankful uh, that God is uh, doing uh, great things and uh, continues uh, to do great things. Well, today, uh, we're happy that you're all here. Uh, again, thank you for uh, choosing to spend some time with us uh, online. Uh, today, we are going to continue the series, Remarkable, and we're just going to ask a question, what's in it for us? When, when it comes to this whole Jesus thing, when it comes to following him, what's in it for us? And that's the question that we're going to lead with uh, today, and I think that we're going to get some, some good answers uh, as we uh, take an opportunity to learn more uh, about Jesus and, and who he is. A couple of prayer requests I want to ask you to pray for. I want to ask you to pray for Doug Smith's uh, father. Uh, he uh, had a stroke earlier in the week, uh, and uh, things are, are looking good from this standpoint. So uh, please continue to pray for him and his recovery that everything uh, will be okay. Then I want to ask you to pray uh, for a couple by the name of uh, Christina and Kevin. Uh, yesterday, I did a, a funeral for uh, their 10-week-old uh, little baby boy, uh, and uh, his twin sister is in the hospital uh, right now battling for her life. And uh, I just want to ask you to pray uh, for that family, uh, that God would be with them and uh, comfort them uh, during their time. And I want to ask you to pray for uh, Bastion Union Church. A couple of years ago, uh, AJ and I went uh, to Guatemala on a vision trip, and uh, there uh, we met uh, a man by the name of Paul Looney uh, and uh, Mr. Baker. Uh, they uh, traveled together from Bastion Union, which is in Bland, Virginia. Uh, and when we uh, got there, we met in the Atlanta airport, and uh, they said, well, you know, we know where Indianapolis is. You'll never know where we're from. Uh, he said, we're from Bland, Virginia. And I said, sir, I was born uh, a few miles from Bland, Virginia, and uh, I can tell you a few things about Bland. It's Bland, right? <laughs> and it's really, it's really not. Beautiful, beautiful people, beautiful place. Uh, but Paul Looney went to be with the Lord uh, on, on Saturday. Uh, he's left behind a, a family, uh, some grandchildren, and a, a church and a community uh, that desperately uh, needs comfort and strength uh, in that part of uh, the country. Uh, a lot of people worship together. They cross denominational lines. They work together uh, to meet needs in the schools. The school systems are, are open to them, and they go in and do all kinds of different things. So please pray uh, for Bastion Union, uh, the, the uh, Looney family, that God would be with them and uh, take care of them uh, during these days that are ahead. We've got some other people that, that we want you to uh, remember and, and pray for. Uh, Angie Hagler is uh, recovering from knee replacement. Uh, continue to, to pray for her uh, and, and healing in her life. I want to ask you to pray for Wendy Pickett. Uh, she has some health things going on as well. Uh, and, and we need to remember all of those requests uh, and, and just ask God uh, to work in a way that only he can. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you today and Lord, we need your help. There's been a lot that has gone on in, in many lives over the course of, of a week. Father, uh, I thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. And Lord, I pray that no matter what we do, no matter where we're at, that there'll always be the moments where we can look back and reflect on you. And Lord, today as we have uh, families away taking uh, their, their children back to, to college, uh, Lord, I just ask that you'll comfort them and give them a good year, uh, protect them while they're away. And, and Lord, as people are out on uh, vacations for uh, the weekend, as uh, some uh, 
season wind down uh, of summer and getting back into the swing of things, uh, Lord, I just ask that you would uh, take care of, of them as well. Give them uh, rest that is needed. But Father, I pray uh, that today we would hear from you and that we would be better when we leave this place. For it's in Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Amen. Stand with us one more time. Let's ask God to open up the heavens for us.
Let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time. Father, we come to you, and we just ask you to meet with us today. Lord, I, I ask that you would work in a way that only you can. And Father, as we're taking care of other things at this, this time, Lord, things that need to be taken care of, we bring them before you, and we ask for your work. We ask for your healing measure, your grace, your strength. Father, we all have moments in life where we can feel just how much we need you. And God, right now, we need you. And Lord, I ask you to be with those that we've already asked for prayer for. Lord, I ask you to be with Adrian and Leslie right now. Lord, I, I ask that you would work in a way that only you can. Lord, I pray for those that are, are watching. Lord, that have a request that they've not shared, that they've not made known. But, but God, there's something in their life and there's something in their heart that, uh, that they need help with right now at this moment. God, I just uh, come to you today and I ask you for help. Lord, no matter where we're at, no matter what's going on, you're enough. And Lord, sometimes we think we need a lot of other things, and the reality is, is that you are enough. And Father, today we thank you that you're enough, and in the midst of uncertainty and situations, in the midst of difficulty of life, Father, you are enough. So, Lord, today we ask that you do what only you can do. And, Father, that you help us to know that you are enough. Lord, as we sing this last song, I ask that you would help us to put everything else aside. God, that you would help us to hear from you in the words of this song. But, God, that you would hear our words, that they would be pleasing to you. But Father, I ask that today we would hear from you like we haven't heard from you in a while. For it's in Christ's name we ask it. Amen. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days You've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Till I lay my head I will sing of the goodness of God He's a good God Dark. 
today we continue remarkable the story of Jesus and here's the thing that makes Jesus and his story so remarkable it's it's this it's more than just a story uh, when we think of, of stories some of us uh, think of a story maybe that that has a happy ending or or we might think of a story that involves uh, action and adventure, right, that unfolds on the screen. Uh, we, we might think of a, a story uh, that maybe we used to read as a child or someone read to us and, and it kind of unfolds and, and we look at it and we remember uh, that story and, and, and maybe how it made us laugh or maybe how it was a part of, of our routine. But when I think about the story of Jesus and just how remarkable it is, I want to ask you this, where does the story of Jesus fit in your life. When, when you begin to think about Jesus, who is he in 
your life. You know, there, there's a few things in this life that I've discovered, and it's this. Sometimes uh, we, we approach life and we approach the circumstances and situations of life, and we say, what's in it for us? We're, we're concerned about what, what's, what's in it for us. What, what is going on in it for us? What are we going to get from it? What are we going to be able to, to kind of take hold from it? But when we take a look at the story of Jesus and, and we ask, what's in it for us? I, I, I can tell you this, the, the, the response would be more than you could ever imagine. When you begin to look at the story of Jesus and just how remarkable it is, one of the things that, that we discover is Jesus is more than we could ever imagine. And today in Mark chapter 6, uh, we're going to discover just how much is in the story of Jesus for you and for me. In Mark chapter 6, here's one of the, the things that, that you're going to find. It, it's, it's incredibly interesting. In Mark chapter 6, Jesus goes to his hometown and guess what? He's rejected. Imagine going back to your family, your friends, people that you, you grew up with, people that you did life with, and, and all of a sudden they look and say, you know what? I don't know who this guy thinks he is, but, but he's really not all that special. In fact, I don't know who this guy thinks he is, but, but I wish he would just take this show on the road because we really don't want anything to do with him. Imagine that coming from the, the, the people that you've known your, your entire life. Oh, he could just move on. He could just head somewhere else. But in the midst of, of that rejection, Jesus get, grabs his disciples together and, and brings them around. And, and here's what he would say. He would, he would say, I want you to disregard the fact that, that they've rejected me. And I love them so much that even when they tried to throw me off of a cliff the first time I came back, I came back again. And even though they don't want to hear my story now, here's the reality. I want you to keep telling my story. Don't get down. Don't get discouraged. Don't let that keep you from doing what I've sent you to do. He says, I want you to tell the story. So there's rejection. Then there is his disciples being sent out. And then in the middle of all of it, tucked in there, is the story of John the Baptist. And it's kind of a flashback. Because it reads that Herod hears about this guy named Jesus, and, and he's thinking to himself, look, I beheaded John the Baptist, right? And I think that John the Baptist has been reincarnated in this Jesus guy, and, and there's a, a lot going on in him, and, and I just don't understand it. So, so there's confusion and, and questions that are going through Herod's mind, yet the disciples come back and they meet with Jesus and they say, man, it was absolutely incredible. We've never seen anything like it. And then Jesus says, well, if you enjoyed what you were doing, it's going to get even better. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a crowd appears and Jesus takes a few fish and five loaves and he feeds 5,000 plus people and there's leftovers. Now, in the midst of that, Jesus told his disciples, hey, I want you to go and feed them. Think about this for just a moment. There wasn't a grocery store down the street. The marketplace was not filled with foods at that point in time that you just walked in and grabbed and popped in the microwave. There's not a Starbucks. There's not a Dunkin' Donuts. There, there's nothing around that we could think, man, we could run in there and, and grab something really quick. They're just out there. 
And, and, and yet, what we're going to discover in, in the midst of them doing what Jesus says, they still have questions. And they're still asking, what's in it for us? What are we getting out of this? Who are you really? And I kind of think sometimes that those early disciples really aren't that much different than, than what we are. Sometimes in our relationship with Jesus, we, we're asking ourselves, what, what's in it for us? How are we supposed to, to do that? Because we don't really have the resources. And, and if you only knew what you were asking, you would, you would realize just how difficult you're making life on us. But, but when we begin to, to read some of the things today that unfold, that question, what's in it for us in the midst of the disciples going through life, we're going to discover that when we talk about the story of Jesus and ask what's in it for us, the obvious answer is, is this, more than enough. When we look at Mark chapter 6 and we continue working our way down through there, we're going to discover a couple of things, beginning in verse number 46. They've fed 5,000 people. They've heard of the account again of John the Baptist being beheaded, the concerns that are there. They've told Jesus the things that they had, had done and now it says this in verse number 45, immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea and he was alone on the land. And then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was, was against them. Jesus sees that uh, unfolding. Jesus knows that, that they're struggling and they're, they're having a, a difficult time and, and he just begins to, to, to just step back and, and to watch. And it says now about the fourth watch of the night, late at night, early, early in the morning, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost, and they cried out, for they all saw him and were troubled. But immediately he talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Then he went up into the boat to them, and the wind ceased, and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled, for they had not understood about the loaves, because their heart was hardened. You get verse number 52, they, they've, they've seen all kinds of things, they've experienced all kinds of things, but, but they're still going, what's in this for us? Jesus, could you convince me? Could, could, you, could you put a little more out there so that I might really want to buy into what's unfolding and, and buy into to who you really are? We go a little bit further. It says, when they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and anchored there. And when they came out of the boat, immediately the people recognized him, ran through that whole surrounding region, and began to carry about on beds those who were sick to wherever they heard he was. Wherever he entered into villages, cities, or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might just touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him were made well. Absolutely incredible when you, you begin to look at 
what unfolds. But as we walk through the, the story of Jesus and just how remarkable his life is, we, we see a group of, of people that have been hanging out. We, we see a, a group of men that are, are surrounded by, by Jesus and, and in a crowd of other people. And Jesus begins to send them away. And then Jesus says, look, I want you to get in a boat and I want you to go to the, to the other side. And then the Bible says that Jesus prays a little bit and Jesus looks out and he sees their struggle. And in the midst of seeing their struggle, he's walking on the water in the midst of Jesus walking on the water, they look and, and they see something that makes them afraid. Let, let me ask you something. Have you ever seen something that makes you afraid? And anybody ever been there, an experience in life that may, makes you afraid, right? We, we've all been right there. And, and yet in the midst of that, Jesus walks, Jesus interacts with them, Jesus is everything that they need. And as they get to the other side, Jesus says, wow. We're not finished yet. Jesus begins to let other people come in and ask the question, what's in it for us? What, what is all of this about? So, so what does Jesus do in this passage that, that we need to take hold of? Well, when, when we ask Jesus, hey, what, what's in it for us? This, this remarkable story that, that you've lived, this perfect life that, that you lived and, and, and you went to the cross and, and you died in my behalf and you rose again. Well, what's in it for me? What, what's in it for us? Here's, here's the truth. What, what's in it for us? The first thing that we see that Jesus did in these verses that we read in verse number 45 is Jesus sends us. What, what, what does that mean? It means that he has a purpose for us, and he has a plan for us. And, and when we begin to look at our life, sometimes people are asking this fundamental question, why on earth am I here? What am I here for? What is my purpose? Is there a reason for my being? And, and the answer to that is yes, 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 yes. You see, Jesus has a, a purpose and a plan for you. And when the disciples accepted the invitation to follow him, one of the things that Jesus said is this, when you follow me, I will make you to become fishers of men. Jesus said, I've got something more than the temporary moment for you. And this morning, no matter who you are, no matter what age you are, whether you're young or whether you're just young at heart or, or somewhere in between, here's a reality. Jesus has a purpose and a plan for your life. And one of the things that he wants for every Christ follower, and I want you to hear this, is Jesus sends us. When you say, what's in it for me? This Jesus story, what's in it for me? There's the invitation to come and follow him. There's the invitation to receive his love. But then there's the directive, the instruction that Jesus sends us. He sends us with a purpose. Think about this for just a moment. Just a moment. Think that you have been entrusted with the greatest resource, the greatest story, the greatest truth that has ever lived, been told, or put on display. It's been given to you. You see, Jesus sent his disciples, he sent them out two by two, just a few verses ago. They went out and they told other people about him and they came back and they, they talked with Jesus and they shared what they had done and, and Jesus had sent them, but now Jesus is sending them to the other side. 
Well, what, what's the other side? We, we know when they get there, we know the, the region. We, we know that it, it says, and when they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and anchored there. Jesus is always sending us somewhere with a purpose. And today, we, we live in a culture and, and we live in a society where people are wondering, what's in it for me? What's my purpose? What, what am I here for? What foundational principle could be in my life that would give me a little bit of hope? And, and the answer to that today is this. If you're a Christ follower, Jesus sends us. He sends us with the greatest message, the greatest hope that could ever be told, that we could ever be entrusted with. You see, Jesus sent them multiple times. He, he sent them to the multitudes he sent them two by two, right? And, and then he says, I want you to go out and I want you to tell them to sit down in companies of 50 and, and, and 100. He sent them to look for a lunch. Over and over and over, Jesus is sending. And here's what we discover. Over and over and over, they're responding. And it wasn't always easy, but Jesus was always with them. And, and here's when, what we, we see when, when we look down through the story of Jesus the story of his disciples, the question wasn't, Lord, what do you want us to do? The, the question is this, are we doing what he sent us to do? Because he's already told them what they need to do. He's already told us what we need to do. Think about this truth. If you're a Christ follower today, if you know Jesus if you've said, look, I want to follow your way and not mine, I, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior in Jesus, I'm trusting you to, to be my Savior, he has sent us to go and what? Make disciples. Some of us get, think that, that this whole concept of following Jesus is about tucking him into an hour, hour and ten minutes if, if the, the preacher's long-winded, right? And, and I'm just going to tell you all something. If you think an hour and ten minutes is long-winded, you need to go to some of the places I've been. You would be like, you know what, that 35-minute message isn't all that bad. I can, I can learn to live with it. You see, here's, here's a reality. Jesus wasn't asking them to, to tuck following him into a, an hour or a day of their week. Jesus says, look, now I want you to go to, to the other side. And, and here's the reality. When we get to the other side, there's going to be opportunity to share who I am again with those that need to know who I am. You see, the question today isn't whether or not we have a purpose. It's not whether or not Jesus is sending us. The, the question is this, what are we doing with what we've been sent to do? That's the reality. As a church, what are we doing with what we've been entrusted to do? As an individual Christian, what, what are we doing with what we've been entrusted to to do. He, he's sent us. He, he's called us to, to make disciples. And, and you know what? I, I love great ministries and I love great programs, but Jesus never sent his disciples out and said, look, I want you to build a really strong location. He never said, I want you to go and, and put a, a slick service together so that people will, will like it and they'll come and they'll be amazed by all the elements. He said, I want you to go and I want you to make disciples. I want you 
to tell people how to follow me and then help them to follow me. And when we look at at what Jesus has sent us to do, the question is this, are we doing what we've been sent to do? Are we doing everything we can to reach everyone, everywhere, in every way? Am I doing that as an individual or are we doing that as a church? Those are questions that we have to ask ourselves periodically, that we have to step back and, and just kind of reflect on. Because here's what Jesus did. Jesus sent them multiple times. I want you to go two by two and I want you to tell people who I am. I want you to go and, and I want you to tell the company, the, the people to sit down in companies of 50 and 100. I want you to go and I want you to, to feed them. I want you to go and I, I want you to pick up the fragments because I'm gonna take care of you. Over and over and over, Jesus sends them and here's what we discover. Every time they did what they were sent to do, it always worked out. And today we have to answer the question, Are we doing what Jesus sent us to do? Are we being the witness? Are we being the servant? Are we following the instruction that he's clearly laid out in our life? You see, some of us know exactly what we're supposed to do. Some of us know the ministry that we're, being, uh, that we're supposed to be involved in. We know the person that needs to hear uh, about Jesus. We know the neighbor that, that needs some extra love and, and extra time. The, the question many times is not, what am I supposed to do? The question is this, am I doing what I know I'm supposed to do? Or is the busyness of life, the struggles of life getting in the way? You see, Jesus sends them to the other side, but, but then here's what we're going to discover that, that Jesus does. He sends us, but Jesus prays. Jesus prays for us. How cool is it to stop and think that before you were ever born, before you were ever even thought of, Jesus prayed for you? Think about that truth. We wonder how we're going to make it through a day. We, we wonder how we're going to handle a difficult struggle or situation in life. We can see it on the horizon and we know that maybe it's out there, a storm, a struggle, a battle. Here's the reality. Jesus prays for us. I, I love the story as it unfolds in Mark chapter 6 where we see it in verse number 46. It says, and when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Jesus just goes alone and and he prays. And do you know when when Jesus took some time to pray, things happened. When Jesus took time to pray, he prayed that he would do the will of the Father. When Jesus took time to, to pray, He prayed that his followers immediately in John chapter 17, Peter and Andrew and James and all the people that he's he's called and said, hey, I want you to come and follow me. He, He prayed for them that God would hold them together because he knew it was a difficult time. But get this, when Jesus stopped to pray, as it's mentioned in John chapter 17, Jesus prayed for all of his followers. He prayed that God would hold us together that God would make us everything that we need to be. I love John chapter 17 and and verse number 20 down through 23. We'll just look at that for for just a a, a moment. 
read that passage of scripture because it's so amazing to, to stop and think that there's so many things that Jesus could have been doing in some of the last hours of his life. Here's what he says. He says, I do not pray for these alone. He was talking about Peter and Andrew and James and, and John. He said, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. He said, I'm not just praying for those that are already following me. He says, I'm praying for those who aren't here yet. I'm praying for that one that's not been thought of yet. I'm praying for, for the believer that's not been created yet, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. I and them and you and me that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and loved them as you have loved me. Jesus was praying at that point in time that we would be united around a cause and a purpose. Why? Because life has its struggles. It's interesting that Jesus prays and he stops to pray over and over again. But Hebrews 7.25 says this, that he ever lives to make intercession for us. You see, Jesus stopped to pray in the garden multiple times. Jesus stopped to pray in John chapter 17 he prayed for you and for me, but according to the book of Hebrews, he's one that's always making intercession for those who want to come to him. He's making intercession for those who need his help. You see, one of the things that's in it for us when we follow Jesus is not only does he send us with a purpose, but get this, he's praying for us. Why is he praying for us? Because he knows there's a battle. He knows that there's a, a struggle, that there's a need. But let me ask you this. Jesus stopped and prayed. Who are you stopping to pray for? Who are you praying that would come to Christ? Who are you praying that would have their, their need met by Jesus? You see, Jesus, in the midst of sending his disciples away and sending the multitudes away, he, he was tired, he was worn out. You say, how do you know that? Because scripture teaches us that and, and, and records it in other places where this story unfolds. And Jesus just takes some time to pray and rest in prayer. And Jesus prays for the, the things that his followers were facing. I wonder what would happen in our life if we spent more time talking to God about the needs of others than, than we spent talking to others about the needs of others. When we look at Jesus stopping to pray, why would he stop to pray? Because Jesus sees us. He sees us. We look at the verses that follow Jesus stopping to pray, and do you know what it says? It says Jesus saw them. He looked out and, and he saw them straining at rowing. That's a fancy way of saying Jesus looked out and they were having a hard time. They, they were going against the wind. 
It's not the middle of the night, it's past the middle of the night. We're into the, the wee hours of the morning when, when, when it's at its darkest point. And here's what happens. Jesus sees them struggling and Jesus is walking on the sea. Verse number 48 says, Jesus saw their work. He saw their struggle. He saw their battle. Their battle is they were going against the wind. They, they were going against the wind. Life was hard on them at that moment. You know, I know that there's times in our life where we feel like life is hard and, and we wonder if God even knows. We, we ask ourselves, God, do you even know what I'm going through? God, do you even care what, what I'm facing right now? Because it seems like I'm swimming upstream. It seems like I'm, I'm walking up uphill and, 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 and the, the incline just gets steeper and steeper and life just gets harder and harder. And everywhere I turn, I'm engaging another battle. I mean, we, we could pick a battle, right? We, we could name a battle that, that people struggle with. I mean, just over and over and over. There's the battle of, of addictions that, that people face, and, and they question, how did I end up here? And God, do you even care? There, there's the, the financial struggle. There's the marital struggle. There's the, the, the struggle with, with children when you say, man, I, I just don't know what to do. God, are you there? And a long way off, Jesus was watching his disciples Working hard. And Jesus is watching the entire time. Jesus sees your struggle. Jesus sees the battle and he knows the battle that you are engaged in right now. He knows that maybe you're weak and struggling to hang on. He knows that, that you're trying to do the right thing. Or let's just be honest, sometimes he sees and knows that we're doing the wrong thing and we've jumped in with both feet. He sees the struggle. He sees where, where we are. And guess what? He's already prayed about the struggle that you're facing because John 17 says, Lord, I'm, I'm praying for all who've yet to come that you would help them be everything that they need to be and that you would help them to follow me when life is easy, when life is good, and when life is at its hardest. What are you, what are you battling? What are you struggling with? For, for the disciples, they were rowing against the wind. They were trying to get where Jesus told them to go. Keep that in mind. When Jesus sends us, it doesn't always mean it's going to be easy. It's kind of amazing we read about the early church and then we talk about how difficult the church has it today. We, we read about the church unfolding in, in Acts and the struggles that, that, that are, are being faced. And, 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 and we have to wear a mask in, in America periodically and, 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 and we didn't like that at all. Yet, yet people in China that were believers were celebrating the mask. Because they could go to church and they could preach the gospel without having the facial recognition software tell the authorities who they were. 
There's so much that, that comes down to, to a perspective and, 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 and where we're at. Jesus never said, look, here, here's a, a reality. It's going to be easy. Jesus said, I'm sending you, and I'm praying for you, and I see your struggle, but here's the reality. He said, I'm going to respond to you. You see, I, I think when we ask what's in it for us, what, what's, what's in it for us when we follow Jesus he sends us with a purpose. He sees our struggle. He prays for us, but he responds to us. The Bible says that as they're out there, they're getting worn out and they're worn down. And some scholars would, would tell us, according to, to commentaries and, and historical uh, literature that, that they've gathered, that out on this particular sea, the last thing a drowning sailor or fisherman would see was a ghost of Galilee. Well, if they think that they've just saw a ghost, they think that maybe it's over. The wind is contrary. The waves are crashing up against the, the boat. And they think, wow, we don't have much longer. The battle is real and it's difficult and I'm not sure what I'm going to be able to do in it. And the Bible says that they, they cried out. What, what happened when Jesus responded? Well, I'm just going to give it to you real quick. He hears, he speaks, and he calms. Jesus could see them afar off. And when he heard their cry, what, what, what did he do? He, he responded. He, he's walking by, and, and I love it as though Jesus is just almost walking around them. He would have passed them by, but they saw that, that he was out there, and they thought that he was the ghost, that that was going to be the last thing that they, they ever saw. And now all of a sudden, they're, they're crying out in this dark moment. It says, they all saw him and were troubled, but immediately he talked with them and said to them, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Then he went up into the boat to them. Isn't it amazing in our battle, in our fear, in our uncertainty, Jesus will come to us. We're asking, what, what's in it for us? Some would say, well, what's in it for us? I, I want to follow Jesus, but I, but I thought if I followed Jesus, there wouldn't be any struggles. And here's the reality. He never said there wouldn't be any struggles. He just said, I'll be with you in the struggle. I mean, right now in the middle of the, the, the sea with, with waves kind of beating against them and the wind that's contrary, Jesus walks out to them and he's right there with them. I don't know what's gripping your heart right now. I don't know what's causing you fear. I don't know what's taking place, whether it's the unknown, the uncertainty, but I know this, you can trust Jesus. You see, he heard their cry. He calmed their fear. And he got in the boat. And I love this. What's in it for me? Jesus continues with us. He continues with us. He came up and he got in the boat and he said, I said we were going to the other side, so let's just continue to the other side. They go through the night. The early morning hours, they arrive. And here's 
what happens. Jesus continued with them. Verse number 51, it says, Then he went up into the boat to them, and the wind ceased, and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure, and they marveled, for they had not understood about the loaves, because their heart was hardened. Do you know what that says? That says that Jesus had done many miracles, including multiply the fish and loaves, and they still didn't believe. They're still trying to figure out who this Jesus is. They're still trying to figure out what's in it for them. So as Jesus responded to them, Jesus comes and he continues with us. Even in the midst of our questions, even in the midst of our uncertainty, Jesus continues with us. But here's one of the things that that Jesus does. He goes to the other side and, and here's what it says. When they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and anchored there. You know, one of the reasons Jesus continues with us is to keep us anchored. Jesus got in the boat, and Jesus said, we're, we're going to the other side. And when they get to the other side, he, he sets down an, an anchor. An anchor is something that keeps you secure. An anchor is, is something that you're tied to. An anchor in this day was, was something that they took with them everywhere. You see, Jesus continued with them, and Jesus kept them anchored. And sometimes we don't let Jesus keep us anchored enough because we wonder whether he really cares. We wonder what more is in it for us. What are we going to, to get out of it? And, and he's already given them a purpose. He's already prayed for them. He's already been able to see their struggle. He's he's been able to come to them and to calm their fears. And he continues with them to the other side. Just as Jesus sent them, Jesus continued with them. It's kind of amazing that when he gave the Great Commission and said, I'm sending you, he also said, I'll be with you. They were concerned about going to the other side and they got a little afraid. And sometimes when we're thinking about sharing our faith, we, we, we say, I want to share my faith, but, but what happens if I mess it up? Jesus said, I'll be with you. He'll keep us anchored. You see, Jesus continued with us. Even when we don't understand or have a hard heart, an unbelieving heart, he, he continues with us. But I, I want to wrap this up with just one last simple thing, and it's, it's this. Jesus makes room for us. I don't know about you, but... If I'd have been Jesus, I'd have been like, wow, I just came to you on the water. I just calmed everything down. We need to have a conversation. It seems like over and over and over, I show up and do amazing things. (laughs) But you still aren't buying in to who I am. I, I think some of us would have said, look, it's time for you to get on another team. While, while, while we're anchoring the boat, we would have said, hey, could, could, you, could you get out of the boat? And you know that rabbi right over there? I think he could use you. He could use another doubter and a questioner. You know, you know that, that, that one over there? They, yeah, they could use you. Why, why, why don't you go and, and, and follow them? Jesus didn't work that way. Here's what Jesus did. Jesus makes room for us. He makes room for us. In verse number 54... It says, and when they came out of the boat, immediately the people recognized him. 
ran through that whole surrounding region and began to carry about on beds those who were sick to wherever they heard he was. Wherever he entered into villages, cities, or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that he might just touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him were made well. Jesus makes room for us. He made room for the disciples in the boat that struggled and didn't believe. He he made room for those that were already with him. He made room for those that would come to him. You get that? They they showed up and there was a crowd and they they hear and see and they said, wow, we've got to get everybody we can to, to come to this guy because he's the guy that can make the difference. He makes room for them and he was making room for the people that were bringing them to him. You see, Jesus makes room for us and he was making room for, for other people to come to him that, that begged, could you get us to Jesus? Some of you are saying, well, what, does, what does this have to do with me? Jesus makes room for us and he makes room for others. But I want to ask you this morning, are you making room for others? Because sometimes when it, when it comes down to this Jesus thing and this church thing, we don't say it like this, but, but we often think that some people need to get their life cleaned up before they come to Jesus. We, we often think that maybe they need to get some things taken care of before they could come to church. We, we, we often think or allude to the fact that they're really not all that they need to be. Can I, can I tell you something? Everybody that Jesus was making room for had an enormous need in their life. And Jesus said, you know what? No need is too great. Just go ahead and bring them to me. I'm making room. So the question is this, what's in it for us? Jesus has made room for us, but are we helping make room for others? He made room for you at the cross. He's made room for you in heaven if you know him. And he wants us to make room for others. Can you just imagine the scene that was taking place in the marketplaces? I need you to move your tables. I know this is how you make a living. and I know you need to sell some more stuff. But we've got people that need to, to get to Jesus. And people just being selfless. And people saying, you can, you can have my spot cut in front of me. (laughs) That'll never happen, right? Maybe it did. What would take place if we said, man, Jesus made room for me in the boat. I need to make room for others as well. You see, when we look at Jesus and the remarkable story, one of the things that makes him so remarkable And his life's so remarkable as he makes room for us. Faults, failures, struggles, questions. He says, come, come. Today he's made room for you. Have you accepted that room? Have you accepted him as your savior? Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you've asked him to forgive you of your sins and you've said, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I need a savior. And Jesus, I want you to forgive me of my sins, and I want you to be my Savior. You see, that's it. 
That's all that needs to take place. You don't have to get perfected. You don't have to get cleaned up. You don't have to try and get better. Jesus says, there's room for you. There's room for you to follow me. There's room for you to do life with me. And today there could be no greater choice than saying, look, Jesus, you've made room for me. I'm gonna make room for you. I want you to be my savior. Today, if you've not done that, would you do that? Would you say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, and the best I know how, I'm trusting you to be my Savior. If you've already done that, and you're saying, what more is in it for me? There's a purpose. He sends us. What are you doing with that being sent? Who are you sharing Jesus with? He prays for us. He's prayed for us because he knows it's a struggle. The battle was real for him. The battle is real for us. He's prayed for us. He sees our battle. He sees our struggle. He's right there and he's going to respond. He's willing to come to us. So today, when you ask what's in it for us, what's in it for me, the remarkable life of Jesus is more than enough. He's everything you need and then some. Today, let him be your savior and let him be more than enough in your life because he sends us, he sees us, he prays for us, he responds to us and he wants to make room for you and a whole lot more in his kingdom. Would you pray with me? With heads bowed and eyes closed today, if you've trusted Christ as your savior, it's amazing. It's a great life. It's an opportunity to follow him. It's an opportunity to live for him. If you've trusted him, let me ask you, are you allowing him to send you? Because he's already sent us. Are you allowing him to do that in your life? Are you going where he leads you to go? following his instruction. Maybe today you would say, yeah, John, I'm, I'm doing that. Maybe there's some things going on in your life and, and you could use somebody to pray for you just as Jesus prayed for you. Hold on to that passage in John chapter 17 and verses 20 to 23 because you're in there. And when you feel like you can't go on much farther, just remember that Jesus has already prayed for you. Draw strength from that. Take your request to him and take a moment and pray for some others. Maybe you would say, right now I'm in a battle and I need to know that he sees that battle. Cry out to him. It's what the disciples did. They were afraid of the unknown and Jesus responded, he'll respond to you. As I lead us in prayer in just a moment, Offer up your prayer to the Lord right where you are. But today, if you haven't trusted him, if you haven't accepted the room that he's made for you, today, would you pray a simple prayer like this when I pray? Just a simple prayer that says, Dear Jesus, the best I know how, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and I'm placing my faith and trust in you to be my savior. It's that simple. Would you do that? I'm gonna pray for all of us, but if you've got that prayer that you wanna ask Jesus to be your savior, then do it.
As I pray, you pray. Invite him to forgive your sins and to be your savior. Father, we come to you today. And Jesus, we ask you for help. Lord, as you have sent us, as you have instructed us, as we're in the midst of battles, life can get weary and it can get hard. Lord, I'm asking you. I'm asking you, Lord, to do the things that only you can do in our hearts and lives. And Lord, one of those things is to save us. You're the only one that can save. So Lord, I ask right now, if there's one that needs to invite you to be their savior, that they would pray a simple prayer as I've already offered up, one that goes just like this. Dear Jesus, would you please forgive me of my sins? Would you please be my savior? Lord, help him to pray that prayer. Lord, help all of us to take some practical truths from this message and this section of scripture today and help us to hold on to you as we go throughout our week. For it's in Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Thank you for being a part of Harmony at Home and allowing us to share hope with you. You know, when we think about the love of Jesus, it's absolutely amazing to stop and realize that he gave his life for you and for me. And all we have to do is simply put our faith and trust in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And that changes us for all eternity. Today, if you've never invited Jesus to forgive you of your sins and to be your personal savior, I want to encourage you to do that right now. It's as simple as admitting that your life is not perfect, admitting that you've sinned, that you've missed God's mark of perfection, and putting your faith and trust in his son, Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is God's love in action, and he demonstrated his love for you and for me by going to the cross, by being buried and by rising again on the third day. And today, if you'd like to invite him to forgive you of your sins and to be your savior, I would encourage you right where you are just to simply say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and to be my savior. And he will do it. If you've made that decision today, please let us know. Please reach out to us. We would love the opportunity to help you learn more about who Jesus is and the incredible plan that he has for your life. If you are a part of the Harmony family, uh, you're a part of our Harmony uh, online community and our online campus, I want to thank you for joining us as well. And I want to invite you to start regathering with us in person if you would like to do so. But please remember, we're keeping everything online as well, so you're not going to miss out uh, on our Sunday morning experience and the other things that we've been doing through the week. We're going to continue to offer those and to continue to meet a need in your life. And if you would like to help us continue uh, to serve our community and, and literally the world, uh, we would encourage you to hop on over to harmonyofavon.com forward slash give, and you'll be able to help us continue the ministry and to make a difference, not only here locally, but globally as well. Thank you for being a part of Harmony at Home. And I pray uh, for God's greatest blessings in your life. And I hope that you'll continue to stay connected to us throughout the week. You have a great day.